Hello, and welcome to a new episode of Funnelocity, the B2B podcast that aims to bring you real talk around the different strategies that can help you build a high-performance sales and marketing funnel. I'm Enrico, president of Market One, and your host. In today's episode, I'm excited to introduce our first case study, courtesy of our friends at Schneider Electric. But first, let me give you a bit of context. We recently ran a survey of sales and marketing leaders that looked at how they've adapted to the pandemic. And one of the key findings was an increased focus by sales on harnessing digital tactics to help them fill the void left by the absence of face-to-face meetings, events, and trade shows. This in turn has greatly accelerated many digital, digital transformation programs. Now at Schneider Electric, they've actively prioritized the use of digital to support sales, what they are calling their digital coverage model. And I'm delighted to welcome Mandy Wallace, head of global demand generation for Schneider Electric, along with Market One's senior strategist, Kalia Mulinar, to talk to us today about the model and how it's already been implemented at Schneider Electric. First, a, a brief intro on Mandy. In her 20-year career, Mandy has covered everything from pre-sales and customer service to marketing operations and process excellence. In her current role at Schneider Electric, she is responsible for driving demand generation strategy and process in order to have tangible commercial impact within the most local of global organizations. She's passionate about change management and finds the greatest fulfillment when she's helping her colleagues meet their goals. Mandy, welcome to Funnelocity. Hi, Enrico. Thank you very much for having me. Kali is a senior B2B marketing leader who has built a 20-year career in both global and regional strategic marketing roles in the tech industry. She applies her deep proficiency of rolling out integrated marketing campaigns to regions with a broad range of traditional and digital marketing practices. She also helps orchestrate complex behavioral programs that guide customers through a personalized buyer's journey. This includes a deep knowledge of ABM, marketing automation, orchestration, lead scoring, and other modern marketing tactics. Welcome, Kalia. Thanks, Enrico. I'm delighted to be here today with you. Excellent. So perhaps, Mandy, you could start us by giving us a bit of background in, and what, what led Schneider Electric to focus specifically on the digital coverage model. Thanks, Enrico. Um, yeah, so like many, um, COVID impacted us uh, quite substantially. However, this was something that we were already kind of working with. Um, we had purchased um, and implemented marketing automation uh, within our company. Um, but what we were really starting to notice is that the true power of marketing automation wasn't that it was just for marketing. It was really, um, you know, a technology that would help us bring sales and marketing together. Um, and then, obviously, we went kind of round in circles, you know, you don't like to start from a technology perspective. So we started looking at, you know, our, our strategy overall uh, in terms of our commercial coverage. And, you know, how do we at uh, Schneider Electric um, cover our, our customers? And so within all those conversations and the idea of the technologies we had, um, we really kind of took a step back and we said, well, you know what, there, there's really three primary ways that, that we talk to and engage with our customers. So one of those ways, of course, is the traditional face-to-face salesperson. 
The, the other way, and particularly with COVID coming in, is the idea of that remote connection. So it's still human, it's still a person, um, you know, but we're all locked in, so nobody can really meet face to face. Um, and then we brought in the idea of this third modality, which we call digital. And really it's about using technology to support um, our customers and to support uh, the interactions of our, our sales, be those, be those interactions face-to-face -face or remote. The last thing about this is really making sure that all three of these things are, are working together uh, to really support our customers along their customer journey. That really is the, the number one priority of this. And, and ensuring that from a, from a Schneider perspective, we're using our resources uh, the most efficiently and effectively as we can. Wow, I love the, the, the imagery there, M Mandy. Thank you for that. So the, the, this, I guess this, how, by bringing these different modalities together, how does digital support the customer journey and, and the overall sales engagement process itself? So we wanted to, we took a step back and said, how can we better support the customers knowing that we have um, restrictions on, on how much our, our sales force can actually speak to them? And this is really where for us the, the idea of digital came in. So we know from, from our data that on average, um, a salesperson on you know a yearly basis is touching their account, um, you know, once every time period. And there may be once every time period that a, a CCC um, or a remote or field service person is touching that account. But from a digital perspective, we today can augment that with at least three additional touches. And of course, we are trying to even accelerate that more. Really for us, it's about making sure that those customers um, have the message of Schneider in front of them, be from a digital standpoint, um, a human standpoint, to help them move along their, their buyer's journey. Excellent, so this is a great segue into the actual model itself. So perhaps could you walk us through the, the well, speak a bit more about the digital coverage model and then specifically looking at it from the marketing and sales perspective. Absolutely. So um, one thing that, that we kind of struggled with a little is that the idea of digital isn't just marketing. Um, so you, of course, have many marketing-led digital engagements, um, the traditional ones that we think about, about around email, um, media, banner ads, uh, events, webinars, all those types of things. But there's also can be sales-led digital engagements, right? Um, so they, there's the concept of social selling and you know, these other digital engagements from sales. So we really wanted to, to be very clear of how all of this digital touch points kind of work together and have clear roles and responsibilities um, and understand who's leading what. So what we don't want to do is we don't want to have our sales and marketing tripping over each other trying to speak to the customers. We really want to make sure that there is a, a cohesive message um, across the customer journey. And that's really where 
for us, this sales and marketing automation comes into play. And certainly from, from our point of view, Mandy, the fact that Schneider Electric has called it sales and marketing automation, I find quite, it's actually quite unique and really puts that kind of stress uh, punctuation mark uh, on the fact that you are trying to drive that alignment um, and you are one team engaging with the customers and supporting that, that customer journey. Absolutely. Um, one of the concepts, you know, we kind of struggled with was we don't do marketing for marketing's sake. Um, we do marketing um, because we need to ensure that our customers are getting the information that they need. And of course, we do that to drive a commercial impact. And so we do that in support of our sales. And so it was very important to us to, uh, you know, make it understood in the organization that this wasn't just marketing for marketing. It was marketing for a purpose. And, and that's why we chose to bring that S into the SMA. I love it. I love it. So let's move to the model itself, the digital coverage model and how, um, you know, how do we put this into practice? So Kalia, what was the starting point for this project? Yeah, the, the, the starting point was really, um, you know, how do you really, um, in the world where the customer expectations and their behaviors have changed quite significantly, uh, and where the customers are expecting a more personalized and transparent messaging, how do you then take all the digital touch points uh, and making sure that the interconnection between the sales and marketing uh, touch points um, how do you really look at um, an approach uh, towards the customers that is more dynamic and orchestrated, right? To, to make sure that you follow them through the buying journey. And the only way that you can achieve that is by taking a very much data-driven approach and then align your communication strategy to that data-driven approach by facilitating always-on programs um, to res that respond to customer signals that we're capturing. So let's talk a little bit about how you can then take that really into, um, into practice uh, as a step-by-step -step approach, really. So everything starts with customer segmentation. So using the data-driven approach, understanding more about your prospects and customers uh, and the context that you have in your database today is, is crucial because it gives you insights into where they are in their buying journey um, and in their relationship with you. Uh, it is also designed to make sure that nobody in your database is left untouched and ultimately drives better engagement as you tailor your communication uh, to the different stages and where people are, are in, in the buying journey. So you can use technically any data that you have available um, to inform yourselves on who is a prospect, for example, versus a buying or an existing customer, who is active versus inactive, in what uh, sales stage they are, etc. As a result, by bucketing and segmenting um, based on those data points, um, you will be able to better measure also the movement of your contacts uh, through the funnel. So Mandy, maybe you can tell us a little bit about how you applied this module um, at Schneider Electric and, and operationalized that. Absolutely, thank you so much, Kalia. So um, prior to our launch of our, our customer engagement lifecycle um, that, uh, that we have that was based on the work we did with Kalia and Market One, 
we, we really struggled with a couple of different things. Um, so the biggest of these was helping our countries to understand why their engagement programs weren't performing as expected. Um, and of course, now that we have this like, philosophy of digital as a coverage, we really want to make sure that we're optimizing the way we do that coverage. Um, so due to this uh, non-performing um, campaigns, we started to do a deep dive analysis with the help of MarketOne. And it was clear that we were talking to everyone in our database the exact same way, regardless of where they were in their journey. So once we started to break down that journey into, you know, who it's, who's active, who's not active, who was active but has gone quiet, who's never been active, um, it was clear that while our programs were driving positive engagement in that active audience, it wasn't really having the same impact on the inactive audience. So the mentality of our marketers um, really was, I've put this enormous effort into creating these great engagement programs uh, for a particular segment. You know, I want to put everyone in my database into that. Um, and so obviously, we know that doesn't work <laughs> now. Uh, but in our first attempt with the countries, um, you know, we started to kind of show them some of this data. Uh, but the trouble was they, they just really weren't getting it and we weren't getting much traction. So from there, we really worked a lot with Market One to create our first customer engagement life cycle. And it was very visual. Um, it looks like a fish, um, which is sticks in people's mind. And I think sometimes, you know, when people have a visual that sticks in their head, they, they, they understand it better. Um, you know, and it allowed them to see how we break out our data. You know, are they brand new? Are they active with us? Are they super active with us? Are they starting to get, you know, tired and go quiet? Um, is it a name that's coming from our salespeople, but they've never interacted with marketing? And we used that image um, along with the idea of we have different types of programs and different types of communications based on where they are in their life cycle. Um, that really started resonating with our marketers and they started to understand what we were trying to, to do in terms of speaking to those customers differently based on where they were in that life cycle. So it sounds like step one was really about the data. Get a get a clear understanding of the the the, mar the SMA database. Uh, who's engaged? Who's not engaged? Um, you know, level of activity, I guess. And so now that you've done that and you've got that kind of segment model in place, how do you go about then operationalizing to create always-on engagement programs? You know, throughout that customer journey. Kalia, could you could you start on that? Yes, absolutely. Um, so based on the segmentations that you have now implemented, um, you also it allows you to have the insights that you need uh, to understand the requirements for your communication strategy against each of those segments that you just defined. So designing and executing the right type of programs, the right type, type of messaging and the right type of content for each of these stages in the buying uh, cycle will ensure 
that you are relevant and timely um, towards uh, the customers and what they would expect from you these days, right? Um, so some of the examples here um, would be uh, programs like a welcome program for a net new contact that comes into your database, uh, a nurture program for contacts that have expressed an interest in your solutions, uh, a pipeline acceleration type program for contacts that are on an opportunity with you already, um, a retention or a loyalty type program for your existing buying customers, um, or a reactivation program for those who have become dormant um, along the way. So through the use of marketing automation, you can create these programs once and then you have them as an always on program. So contacts will always be triggered into those programs based on the segmentation criteria that you set for any of these programs um, at any time. So it's, it's very efficient and it, you only have to build these programs once and they have a very long um, shelf life uh, essentially. So Mandy, maybe you can talk to us a little bit about the approach that Schneider Electric took to achieve um, a similar targeted approach based on your segmentation exercise. Yes, of course, happy to. Um, so as I said before, um, the customer engagement lifecycle um, really helped us, right? And it helped us um, be able to understand that depending on where someone was in their journey, we needed a different sort of program with a different tone of voice and we needed to be speaking to them different. And, and that concept um, worked very well. But our next challenge was then, how do we bring all those together um, to, to really show what the journey is? So how do we make sure that all of those different pieces um, and, and all the different programs, how does somebody flow through them? And that orchestration, um, again, our marketers kind of struggled to, to really visualize and understand how those contacts would, would flow through that and the fact that we needed to ensure that we were speaking to the entirety of our database. And so, uh, again, with the great help uh, from Market One, we um, created what we called the communication blueprint. And it really tried to break that journey down into the, the different chunks and it showed how our customers and prospects um, would flow in and out of various different programs. Again, you know, based on, you know, where they were in their life cycle and also where they were in their, in their buyer's journey. So again, uh, the fact that we were able to bring this blueprint, it's, it's very visual. Um, we were able to, to use it as a map and even have, you know, little figurines walking through with different examples of, of how someone's journey could flow through this blueprint. Um, it was super comprehensive, yet still super simple um, and really helped us to, uh, on the local level, on the global business level, um, for our campaign teams, allowed them to truly understand and embrace what we meant by this always on strategy and kind of how our customers would work through this. Um, you know, and it definitely, the results for us were, were super. Um, after releasing this in only four months, we were able to increase the percentage of our database receiving always on communication by about 60%, um, which was a huge, huge win for that. That's great to hear, Mandy. And, and 
I guess, how do you take that pilot, the success of that pilot, this, you know, this, new, this new strategy together with the right programs, how do you take that and scale it globally in a decentralized model like you have there at, at Schneider Electric? So again, a fun challenge, Enrico. <laughs> um, Schneider Electric, uh, we pride ourselves on being one of the most local of global companies. And so um, all of our marketing is done very much at the local level. But of course, um, you know, we're a large organization. We want efficiencies. And so, you know, we have our global divisions that are creating content and we have our experts in campaign um, and marketing assets, putting those things together. And so what we do is, um, you know, all of that stuff is, is created globally. And we have um, processes and communication channels that allow us to present the breadth um, of what is available for, for all the different segments and channels um, within our intranet. Um, and anyone in the company can access it, see what's available. Um, but in particular, for the marketers then on, on the local levels, you know, it's very clear um, what's available. And through our annual sales and marketing planning process, we have uh, very formal handshakes that, the, you know, the countries agree with the global um, divisions, you know, these are the campaigns we're going to put into the market. These are the goals and ambitions. Um, and all of those assets are, are available to them. And on a, um, a regular basis, we have check-ins, right? Because we always need to be able to turn the boat <laughs> when, when things um, happen that are unexpected. COVID, of course, being a perfect example. Um, I think everyone's um, marketing plans were, you know, tossed up in the air <laughs> as a result of, of that. And we, of course, were no different. Um, but, but the strength is really in, you know, that alignment, that, that conversation, and the fact that uh, we make everything very much available um, in terms of uh, being able to easily deploy the campaigns on the local level um, and everyone is super clear on, on what they have in terms of availability. So Mandy, you, you've already started to kind of dip your toe into the, the, the concept of change management uh, and, and all that goes with that, the training uh, and enablement. Could you speak a bit more about how the Schneider Electric global team supported that process? Yes, of course. So number one answer, it, it's not easy. Um, we have been, been through a journey ourselves in terms of how best to kind of bring about this, this change management um, and, and adoption. Um, and really, one thing that we learned, and uh, of course, I think this is uh, known by most, is that uh, the, the key is repetition. Um, the, the other thing is, is that different people learn in different ways. And so you also maybe need multiple ways of presenting kind of the same information to, to really drive home um, the messages and the ideas that, that you're trying to, to bring into kind of the, the normal way of working. Um, for, for not only our marketers, but also for our sales and, you know, for uh, the understanding of, of all the functions that kind of work around them. 
So uh, what we did was we tried to make it fun and we tried to make it simple. Um, and we came up with this concept of a cookbook for sales and marketing automation. And that cookbook was broken down into some key ingredients. And, and those ingredients were based on our kind of initial learnings um, in terms of kind of the key things that were needed in the country in order to be successful with sales and marketing automation. And so for each of those ingredients, we also have recipes. And in those recipes, we have a very strategic objective for each one. And we try to lay out specifically the plan for how you reach that objective using the various ingredients in this idea of a recipe. And so the fact that we kind of, you know, brought it back to cooking, which uh, not everybody likes to cook, but everybody likes food. <laughs> you know, it was, it was, a, it made the, it made the conversations a bit more interesting and fun and, and helped um, both our sales and marketing um, folks really understand kind of the messages that, that we were talking about. And go ahead. No, I was just going to say that I love the, I just love that, um, the use of, of, of the cookbook, the, the, the ingredients, the recipes, and uh, you know, those ingredients being really foundational elements, right? You can't get those recipes um, uh, cooked, if you will, or programs into market unless you've got certain foundational elements in place. So it's a really nice way to, or metaphor to bring and uh, bring it to life. And I know, certainly I know that Kali and the team uh, on the Market One side, we spend a lot of time with, with the field organizations, the, the country teams, specifically on this element. And it's, it goes back to your point about repetition, repetition, repetition. You know, one thing is to train people on the cookbook and ingredients and recipes. Another thing is actually getting programs built and into market. Um, so it's, it's kind of that full cycle that goes, you know, over and over again. Um, day after day, week after week, month after month, but uh, I certainly know we're making progress. Yeah, it, uh, it definitely, it definitely um, has been an adventure. And um, I think the, the thing that has really helped us also is that as things started moving, uh, and of course, with the help of Kalia and the team, you know, all of the best practices that we see uh, in the various recipes, and we create new recipes, right? Because our countries um, and our marketers, um, they're creative, right? Which is great, <laughs> you know? So bringing those best practices and making sure we have solid um, communication channels to, to take those examples that have tangible results within the company so that our other countries can can pick those up and and run with them has been has been super important for us um and and i would just say you know the hardest thing we had to do was make complex topics simple <laughs> but when, when you when you succeed that's when you know we truly start to see the the understanding and the lights going off in in everyone's that's eyes that's the breakthrough <laughs> that's the breakthrough isn't it it is oh it's amazing. I also want to add to that. I think the, what also helps, uh, helps a lot drive the success of this is the education and the change management is one piece of it, but hand-holding the people that really need to execute this into the execution 
I think was a, a major factor into the success. And as Mandy already stated, if you can show the impact of having that success with one country, for example, it really helps drive also the change management with some of the others that might, you know, be slower in adoption or having a harder time um, getting the concept or getting into the execution. So I think that, you know, the not just um, preaching what you want countries to do but actually helping them get there um, is is what what made this really successful absolutely Kalia. and in our decentralized model you know that that's really what we have to do right we have to do the hand holding and then we have to show those success stories you know create the process we went through into how-to guides so that our other countries can benefit from from the help that uh, you know we've given in in a particular country. Okay, so let me perhaps a question I have around the kind of a before and after of implementing this model going from uh, sounds like initially before you had a database that was you were hitting the database. Um, equally and then we were able to segment it and really understand who's active who's inactive break it down into more kind of micro segments uh, and be more targeted could you speak a bit about to the lift that you saw by 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 you know by making that shift yes of course so um one thing to know is that um here at schneider the way that we measure ourselves and and uh, push ourselves around engagement is is we use absolute numbers um so for us um in this last year we've been able to double the number who are actively engaged with us so both from an end user perspective and from our partner perspective that's great. I mean, and, and I guess that speaks to the power of ultimately, you know, the in in marketing. I always say that you know, the marketing nirvana is actually marketing to a segment of one, if you could, <laughs> right? And uh, yeah, but it shows that you can, if you can be more targeted, more relevant, more timely with your message, you're going to get better engagement. So, well, thank you for that. Yeah, so it, it really was a great accomplishment for us to to see and know that that we we doubled in a year what we were able to do. But I think another really important thing was that, um, you know, when we were doing some of the analysis at the start of the year, we saw some customers who uh, weren't being communicated to at all, and then we saw other customers that were being over communicated, and so you know by kind of evening that out, again, through the life cycle, through the always on engagement, knowing how that orchestration should work, you know, it, it allowed us to provide that better experience for all customers. So um, talking to the ones that we hadn't been talking to and, you know, pulling back on the, the poor people who were definitely being over communicated to in some of the areas. Well, it's great to see how Schneider Electric has made the most of this crisis to accelerate its transformation program. And thank you, Mandy. Thank you, Kalia, for outlining the story so clearly. Thanks so much for having me today, Enrico. It was quite fun. And very excited to be able to share um, the, the successes that we've had here at uh, Schneider Electric this year. Yeah, and it's been a pleasure for me working with the Schneider team uh, on this transformation.
And to our listeners, thank you for tuning in. If you want to find out more about Market One or to discover more episodes of this podcast, please visit marketone.com forward slash funnel all sales.